The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Great to have you all along. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. Thanks for being here tonight. As the rest of the country or many parts of the country are still gripped by fear and in some cases panic by the spread of this coronavirus, and I I still sit here today and not really sure what to think. As you all know, I canceled a trip to Europe because of this, and I'm going to uh, Canada actually next week, next Wednesday, Thursday, I'm not sure which day I leave. But when I do that, uh, I'll be uh, traveling cross-country, basically. And I'm taking um, some celebrity guests with me, uh, and we are going to be doing a show in uh, in Victoria, Canada. And the celebrity guests have called me or texted me or both, and they're all very, very concerned about traveling. Now, most of them, I think all of them actually, are flying from L.A., and they're concerned about flying up, basically just up the coast, to where we have to go. And they don't know what to do. And uh, in all honesty, I'm not really sure what to tell them. Uh, I'm, I'm planning on going. I'm getting on a plane and I will be heading to uh, Victoria, Canada for this, this, uh, this event that's going on up there. I'm, I'm a little concerned that the event won't have the attendance it's supposed to have. I know a, another friend of mine who is promoting an event in Gettysburg next weekend, the 20, what is that, the 23rd something? No, no, the 21st. I guess it would be the 20th through the 22nd. And that event should have a few hundred people, but it sounds to me like that event's going to have a dozen if 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 they're lucky. Um, you know, that's an event that actually Jason's going to be at, Jason Hawes. But uh, th- she was telling me today that she hasn't sold a ticket in three weeks, and it's because of the fear of the coronavirus, of course. I normally do a Scaricon show. I usually do one in June, and I do one in October. And I haven't announced this on the Scaricon page yet, but many of you are Scaricon aware anyway. If some of you have attended Scaricon, I'm not doing a show in June. I didn't decide that because of the coronavirus, but the coronavirus starting to spread and all of that made me uh, basically affirm my decision not to have the June show. So I'll be looking to the fall for the next Scaricon. Anyway, it's just, you know, things are a little bit nuts and it's it's affecting the economy. And it's those effects are only just begun, beginning to be felt. In fact, that'll be the greatest devastation. Not that a loss of life isn't isn't uh, minor. That's huge, obviously. But as many people have pointed out, the uh, loss of life from the flu or from other illnesses is Probably a lot scarier when you start looking at the numbers, but I don't know. Again, my whole point here is that I'm not really sure what to think. And I actually have another guest that's going to come on. I'm not sure when we're getting him on. Hopefully next week. And he's going to talk about the, the coronavirus. I know we had one guest already talk about, but this is a this is a, a medical professional, a doctor, actually, that's going to talk about it in a little more uh, detail with a little more science. Because one of the questions I have is, once you get this, do you have some? Do you build up an immunity to it? Is it like the chickenpox? I don't think. I think the answer to that is no. I think the it's kind of like the flu. You never really get an immunity to it. You can always get it. However, I don't. I don't know if if you get it once, are you at risk of getting it again quickly? I, these are questions that uh, I think we all need to know answers to. And I haven't heard anybody talking about things in, from that perspective. And maybe it's because they don't know yet. Maybe it's too new. I don't know. 
Anyway, I didn't mean even mean to talk about coronavirus tonight. I, I kind of wanted to do this program without mentioning it, but I've already broken that idea, uh, concept once, and I think I'll be breaking it again when we talk to our guest tonight. Our guest tonight, Shelley Kerr, is going to talk about uh, past life regression and past life, life memories and how those memories can actually help you heal. I think that's an emotional healing, a mental healing, maybe even a physical healing. She's known as the past life lady. She's also written a book about past lives with pets, so we'll talk about that too. If you've heard me say chat room and you're not sure what I'm talking about, we have a a live chat room that accompanies our live stream on YouTube every night. And you can find the YouTube channel by just searching for J.V. Johnson on the YouTube search. And once you find it, please subscribe. We'd love to have you be part of our community. These numbers click up every day. Our channel is growing. More and more people are hearing our programs, and that's what we hope for. In fact, there are about 550 back episodes and interviews from Beyond Reality on the YouTube channel. It's all there for free. We encourage you to check out any of the topics that you enjoy. And I have to say, I often go back and re-listen to interviews. And I don't. there aren't many that have any kind of what we would call expiration date. In addition to the podcast episodes. I mean, they're basically the same episodes. There's a little different editing going on because of the format. But they're all there. The podcast is available on Apple iTunes or I, Apple Podcasts and and uh, Google Podcasts, plus Spotify and many, many other places. So that's my pitch for now. We're going to take a break. We'll get our guest on again. Tonight we're going to be talking with Shelly Care, Dr. Shelly Care, in fact, the past life lady. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the program. It's Beyond Reality. I'm your host, JV. Thanks for being here. We've got a really great show for you tonight. Our guest, Dr. Shelley Kerr, is the, known as the Past Life Lady, and she's written several books. We're going to be talking about a few of them, including Meet Your Karma, The Healing Powers of Past Life Memories, and Past Lives with Pets, Discover Your Timeless Connection to Your Beloved Companions. Shelley, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Real honor to have you here tonight. Thank you for having me, JV. So... At what point in, I mean, you've got a, a lot on your resume, a whole bunch of uh, uh, accomplishments, trainings, certifications, whatever it happens to be. At what point in your life did you decide to pursue this path? Um, I Professionally, I decided to pursue it 20 years ago after I had such a transformational healing um, with a past life regression I had because I had a friend who had passed away. And I had seen his spirit in a window, and many years after his death, he started coming back again. I started sensing his presence, and I was um, told that I should have a past life regression. And when I had one, it was so transformational. It helped me resolve unresolved grief and things that I'd been carrying around for years. And so I realized that it was very powerful, and that I needed to help other people and do that for them as well. So this is a personal experience that was obviously very difficult for you to handle at the time, and you found some serious and significant answers with the past life regression therapy that you had. 
Yes. I think it's because, you know, as we know, um, life is not always easy. Um, things happen, and it's not always what we want. But I, I guess in particular I've done a lot of work with people who have been suffering from grief and things like that because there has to come a point in the person's life, I guess. What happened to me was I started, I, the, the regression helped me realize that, you know, I, I believe we're all on a spiritual journey. We all have a path, and it helped me come to a higher understanding and acceptance of of this death by the fact that I had visited many lifetimes where I'd known this person before, and they had always passed away before me. And so you start to identify these patterns, and then you go, oh, okay, you know, I kind of can get above a problem and look at it from a different perspective, and it takes that emotional charge away, and it just gave me um, relief that I had not had. So, and I don't want I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because I've got a lot of questions about past lives and past life regression. Um, but I want to get through some stuff about you first. But I will ask this: from what I heard you just say, you learned through that initial past life regression therapy that you were having to help you deal with the grief you were experiencing. That the person you lost in this life, you had known in several lives and lost them each in each of those lives. That's right. That's profound. Yeah. It it really is, and you would say, well, that might cause more grief, wouldn't it? No, it kind of makes you go, oh, wow, you know, we're we're souls out here. We go on from here, and I believe that a lot of times we are just repeating certain patterns, and when we can look at them in a different perspective, it helps. Do you know if that, and I'll call it a cycle for lack of a better word, do you know if that cycle ever reverses or changes, or will you continue to know this person in future lives and lose them before you pass? I think there's, when I do regressions for others um, also, sometimes the cycle would be such that, let's say, I lost him in one life and then maybe he lost me in another life. And so sometimes then you can do like a healing where you cut cords and you agree that we've learned these lessons. And so... That's kind of where the therapeutic aspect comes in. Obviously, as long as we're still in this physical body, we won't know <laughs> whether or not that worked or not until we get here the next time. But um, the idea would be to identify these cycles, as you've called them, so that we hopefully can learn and grow, understand the lessons that we're getting from the experiences that we're having, even the unpleasant ones, so that hopefully we can um, overcome them and not have to do them again. At the risk of, again, getting ahead of myself here, so if... if you recognized a pattern uh, from your current life through your past lives with this particular individual. Does that mean there are other parts of your current life and your past lives that also mirror each other? Are we, are we in effect in like a, what we would call, I don't know, a funhouse mirror where you look and you see an infinite number of you, but it's all kind of the same image projected over and over again? I think there is something to that. Navy for sure. Um, I wrote a one book about parallel universes, which is kind of along the lines of that, that um, I had taken people into experiences where they actually recounted simultaneous lives, um, as well as the idea that we, I do feel that we have a purpose for being here. And in session, you know, people can tell themselves through their through accessing their higher self they can discover like what is my soul purpose what is it that i'm here to learn about again and again and again so if it's forgiveness let's say for example then sometimes we have to learn how to forgive by 
you know, receiving treatment that actually would be difficult to forgive or, you know, different things like that. And so we start to understand that we are, you know, repeating patterns that are in alignment with this theme. It's almost like we're we're a book and we have a theme and we're going to learn in different ways how to express that higher purpose that we have. And when we can understand that, then it, it releases the emotional angst and just helps you kind of get to the next level. Shelley, getting back to your story and your path, you discovered the power of path life regression therapy while you were dealing with some grief, but you didn't stop there. I mean, you you got into energy healing and, and many other what we would consider to be disciplines that kind of all revolve around that. So how did you start to recognize some of these other areas that you got involved with? Yeah, um, it kind of all happened after, in the year 2000, I had a near-death experience after a trip to Egypt. Um, I came home from that trip. I've written another series of books about the idea that I think that when people travel places, they have spontaneous past life memories, but they don't, in my case, many years ago, you know, I didn't understand that I was probably just um, experiencing myself in a past life in Egypt, and when I came home... I started hearing an inner voice tell me there was something wrong with my heart. I was not going to live much longer. I didn't have an accident or anything, but one night I just lifted up and I went into the light where I saw um, my deceased grandmother, who I never knew in life. I saw many light beings, and there was some, you know, cerebral, nonverbal discussion there about this idea that I was going to need to come back. And when I came back, I just... I I had a lot of energy in my hands and just this rushing energy. They took me to the hospital. There was something wrong with my heart, but then they checked me out the next day. They said, we can't figure out what exactly this is, so we'll just call it a virus and send you home. And then I I started having energy in my hands. I really didn't understand it. I didn't know what to do with it. So I went on a journey. You know, a lot of the things that I'm doing with other people were really created out of my journey and having to figure out what was going on with me. I took different healing classes and I went to different, um, you know, psychic mediums and all kinds of things trying to figure out what was going on. And then I began teaching these things. Um, well, because I felt like they, the things that I had learned had helped me and I found that other people were going through similar things and were, um, similarly perplexed by, Things that, you know, when they're outside of your conscious awareness, it's very shocking. And I think there's a lot of people now in particular, it seems like more and more people are starting to wake up and they're kind of where I was many years ago. And so I hope that the books that I have and the things that I have out there can help people who are going through that because I think um, it's a personal journey for everybody and there's got to be a lot of different kinds of tools that people explore and use to figure out like which one's going to work best for them i think in retrospect when you look back at the near-death experience or maybe maybe it was more of an out-of-body experience or both do you think there was something deliberate about that and if it was deliberate was it a spiritual deliberateness to to bring you into uh, some type of realm whereby which you would receive this energy and be able to use it for good yeah, I do. The, the more I do this, J.V., I, I do believe that we pre-planned a lot of this before we arrived. I don't know exactly how that all works or the exact rules of it, but I do believe that as souls, we're coming into each life with specific things 
that we've decided to experience and to learn and to share with others, and that, yes, on some level, this out-of-body weirdness um, was probably pre-planned because, you know, I was just a PR director in, in a power company before that. You know, I was like a normal, I mean, you know, right. as, as normal as I can be human being, and then all of a sudden, you know, the rug is just kind of pulled out from under me. So, and I think this happens to a lot of people because somehow you have to get away from what you're doing and on to what you're supposed to be doing. And sometimes, unfortunately, as human beings, we we don't really learn things unless they're kind of challenging because otherwise we'll just, you know, relax and take it easy. And so I think sometimes we have to have a little bit of a jolt to get things going in a different direction. You know, you mentioned your diagnosis from that particular experience was, oh, you have a virus, go home and be okay. Uh, that kind of leads me to another question. And I had promised earlier that I wasn't going to talk about the coronavirus tonight, but I've, I've already done it once. I may as well open that door again. Uh, as an energy healer, and you see what's going around, on around the world with this coronavirus. It's got a lot of people scared. Is there any connection with the type of energy healing that you do? Does it give you some insight as to what, A, people are going through and how to help them assuage those fears? Yeah, you know, that's a great question because I've actually thought about that the last few days. Um, I, I'm thankful that I've had so much like meditation training. I do. I meditate all the time. I've been doing that for 15 years, and I hope that I just hope people can find some quiet place within themselves to just close their eyes for a minute and do some breathing, and just try to stay out of that fearful frequency. You know, mantras. I am healthy, body, mind, and spirit. I, I feel like we're, we're just getting way overboard with a lot of this. And there's a quiet place that exists within each one of us that we can tap into if we're aware of it, you know, and just turn off the TV, just step into the truth of who you are in this moment and just be calm and just know that, you know, it's going to be okay. I mean, I feel like, you know, spiritual people, if we truly believe in the fact that there's something beyond this life, I think that's that's the reason for a lot of the conversations that you have with your any of your guests right, is that we right. we all want to know what in the heck is going on here. I've shown up on this planet. I don't really get it. Things are not going maybe how I want it to go. I know that taxes and death are, are inevitable. And so what's going to happen to me when I leave this place? And I feel like if we truly have faith that there's something wonderful waiting for us on that the other side, I, I still believe that, you know, when it's our time to go, we're going. And otherwise, we might as well just get on with living our life. And we can't not allow this mass pandemonium panic. I mean, that doesn't mean we don't need to be, we don't need to be idiots. Okay, go wash your hands and everything. Okay, fine. You know, but there still has to come a place where we can close our eyes and just be peaceful within ourselves and know that it's going to be okay. Because it will eventually be okay. Right. It's got to be okay eventually, right? It's I mean, be. It has to be. Uh, you be. had a kind of a close call, though, personally, didn't you? Yes. Um, <laughs> I was telling JV before the show, listeners, um, last week I had a trip planned to go to the Holy Land, and people were warning me, and I just didn't want to, I didn't want to say no to it because it was already planned. Right. And so I went over there, and, um, 
I spent a couple nights in Tel Aviv and a few nights in Jerusalem. And on one of the days, on the 4th of March, middle of last week, I went over into Bethlehem. And then I came out of there, and then it was the next day I was in Nazareth, kind of driving out towards the Sea of Galilee when they had this kind of intercom come out over the bus, going, you know, I, it was all in Hebrew, I didn't understand it. Um, and our tour guide said that they had shut Bethlehem down because of the virus, and they had quarantined a bunch of people. And so a lot of the new friends that I was meeting on these tours, um, because we were all in these kind of small groups going from place to place, and there was some overlap there, and a lot of them had cut their trip short to come home early. By the grace of God, my, my flight was scheduled to come home really on the day that the um, Israeli government was shutting down flights into the country. And as of right now, anybody who goes into the country, if you land there, they're going to just throw you into quarantine yeah. for 14 days before you can even begin. So I just, I mean, to, you know, to your point about what we've been discussing, I mean, I felt very clearly directed that I needed to continue my trip, I was going to go, and there was just just things that happened every single day, just little miracles, you know, that we all have miracles in our lives if we just kind of look for them. I just felt like I was totally blessed, and um, there was just a lot of little lucky things that happened. And I I came home, even even my flight home, I flew out, I landed in London and got to Tel Aviv, but when I came home, my flight was a direct flight to New York City, and I thought, I thought oh, thank you, God, because... You know, I don't want to be snagged in another country because everybody's kind of starting to shut their borders down. But it was just, everything kind of just worked out. And I've been traveling. I, I love to travel, partly because I, I feel like the soul is drawn back to the places where it's been before, and I want to see as much as we can. And I've been in weird situations many, many times, but I've just always kind of had a calmness about me because I, I just feel like, at any given moment, we're exactly where we need to be. You know, the universe has our back here, and everything is going to be okay in the end. And I hope that people are not, I, I just, the level to which the economy is shutting down and people are just so fearful right now. I, I mean, all things will, you know, will run their course and pass, but I just hope people can just get back out there and just, you know, live. We have to live our lives. We have to enjoy our lives. And unfortunately, in a world that is plagued by rampant social isolation, this is just really furthering that by the fact that we're being told now we're going to have to, like, you know, not get together. Well, we already don't get together enough. I think that's one of the problems with the society. And I, so, but I have faith that if we just hang in there, Meditating would be good. I'm gonna. I have a bunch of stuff on my YouTube channel. I'm gonna need to finally get in there and really put a really detailed, free meditation um, YouTube series for people just to help them again with some of the things that have helped me over the years. Because meditation, um, aside from the other things that I teach and things, has been the one thing that's kept my head on straight over the years and really helped me through some of the darkest times in my life. So I think people need to try to just tune into some of that and just. Just know that it's going to be okay. Yeah, as you probably heard in my uh, opening segment, I was talking about the fact that I had a trip to Europe planned, and I actually canceled it, and not for fear of the virus, but for fear of exactly what you were talking about. I was afraid I was going to get stuck somewhere, 
and not be able to come home for three weeks or whatever it happens to be. And sadly, I just can't afford that kind of time to be stuck in a military hospital waiting, <laughs> waiting to see whatever. I just don't have that luxury of that kind of time. But my son is in Holland. He just finished grad school there and I was going to meet him and we were going to travel Germany a little bit and see some stuff and then come home together. Um, so now I'm just hoping he can actually make it home uh, on time. So it, that that's really right now the, my biggest fear is just this this shutdown stuff. Well, I think you do. I mean, any. In fact, somebody called me yesterday. They wanted to get my input on this very same thing. Like, is it is it bad to say I can't afford an extra two weeks off? No. I mean, that's being realistic. If you want to leave the country. Do so non-fearfully, but you also have to say, do I have an extra, you must be prepared to have that extra two weeks, which most people, including myself and you, obviously we don't. I mean, by the grace of God, I squeaked out of this last one, but something told me that it would be okay. But beyond that, like I was scheduled to go on a trip to Egypt later this month, and obviously that has been completely postponed till October, but... Obviously, we can't go right now with people quarantined on the Nile. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. So some of it, it is what it is, but, you know, it'll pass. And I certainly hope your son gets home. So Thank wait. you. Yeah, thank you. And I also hope that, that uh, this... this what you whatever you call it this panic to buy toilet paper ends too because that just makes no sense to me. Hey, I want to ask you I want to ask you something about past life uh idea that you presented just a minute ago. This idea that there's there's a lot of mirroring between current and our current lives, our current existence and our past lives. And you know, with this coronavirus pandemic coming through, have you encountered with the work you've done with other people anyone who had experienced maybe the, the the flu pandemic of the you know of nineteen eighteen, uh, any of that stuff that might be mirrored in what we're seeing today? I have regressed people who um, believed they were victims of the bubonic plague okay. back in the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. Um, when it, it's hard to explain, when in a session we go down into events just long enough to see them, understand them, and then there's a lifting up out of events to go more into that space in between lives where they're, they're guided to say, okay, what did we learn there? Um, or let's say if there were people there they knew. So I don't know how the – I don't know if I can really speak to what they learned in comparison to this epidemic here. I mean, you know – when you think about even the Spanish flu or the the plague of the Middle Ages and some of these other things, I mean, even the avian flu and some of the SARS and all right. the other things we've had, every minute that we're alive, we're just learning more and more and more about how to deal with these things. So I think in the ancient times, it would have been very difficult because you don't have medicine. You don't, you know, you would definitely think at that point, and this is reflected in some of the the case histories where people are just saying, oh, wow, you know, they believe the gods have struck them or they've been, you know, cursed by the gods, whereas now we understand that's, you know, more of a biological thing. Um, we have a lot higher understanding as a humanity than we would have in those days as well. And so um, these things run their course. And I don't know, I think there's, there'll be some good, 
I think, broader reaching lessons for humanity yeah. hopefully coming out of this about I think we're already getting seeing back some of that. together yeah. or being human. You know, we're all in this together rather than this division that we've been seeing, as you know. Yeah, I, th- I think we're seeing some of those things already, even though we I don't think we've seen the worst of this yet. But let's uh, when it comes to past lives, now in a general sense, obviously you have yourself had past life regression plus you've worked with other people and helped them with past life regression but for somebody who has not had a an organized or structured past life regression therapy uh is my past life let's say me for example are my past lives affecting the things i do every day sub uh without me being conscious of it i believe they are yes is it is it is it in decision making is it in the people that I am drawn to, uh, where does it affect me, do you think? I think that, yeah, um, your your gifts and talents can be reflected. They can be carry carries over from past lives. Um, your decision-making, definitely the people who are in your life. I believe that many of the people who we are dealing with on a day-to-day basis whether it's someone we just meet in passing or whether it's a family member or a coworker, um, these are people that we've probably seen before, many of them. And so one of the things in session is always to ask people, you know, it's more about how the person feels because the person obviously wouldn't look the same way. But, you know, we have a lot of people who have, they're having problems with relationships. What? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Whether that's relationships with the coworkers or relationships with the significant other, and so when you're in that past life space, of course, you're different, everyone's different, but it's more of an energetic thing. Like, who, is there anybody there who feels like somebody you know in your current life? And they'll go, oh, my God, that's my mother. Okay, great. Well, what was the relationship like there? Well, maybe it was wonderful. Okay, great. Then is, how is that reflected in what you're doing now? Well, we just have each other's backs and everything's wonderful or whatever it is. Or if it's not so wonderful, then it gets into kind of, getting above that again and talking about what are we learning together. And and a lot of it is, you know, projecting light and love onto the higher selves of the people who are causing us difficulties can actually change their behavior in the current life in real-world situations, you know, by just by praying. It's kind of like sending a prayer or a blessing to somebody. It really does make an impact on them. So there are times when you'll walk into a room and with a group of people, and among those group, and these could be all strangers, but among those group of people of those strangers, there's a person that you might automatically instantly have a rapport with. Not understand why you never met this person, might not be from the same area, who knows what the background is. But there's some instant connection. Sometimes, it, it, sometimes if it's a romantic instant connection, it's called love at first sight. Are these examples of the ways that maybe a past life could be influencing our relationships with people? I definitely think so, because... Like what you're talking about, you can walk into the room, there's people, you'll make eye contact with them, and you just have like a soul connection of some kind. And right. then there's other people, maybe you go, oh, wow, I just, they're, give, they're I just don't like them. Right, it's just the opposite, yeah. And then others, you just, maybe you don't even notice them, really, they're just there. And I think there's something to that for sure. And Definitely. Could, would we define that as a spiritual energy in some way? I think it is a spiritual energy. I think it's a soul. It's very um, subliminal. I mean, the more people are aware of it, I'm sure the people listening to your show are obviously more aware of these kinds of things. Just It's just a feeling. You just have a feeling. Right. Right. Um, 
maybe you begin to have a conversation and you realize you have all these certain things in common, but it could just be a feeling. Like you just look, you know, you just look in their eyes and you go, wow, this just person looks familiar. I see this with babies sometimes. This just happened in the airport. Like, I'll see a little baby, and a little baby will turn around, and I'll look them in the eye, and I'll think. And they're just like, you know how, like, sometimes the baby just looks at you, and yeah. likes you. Yes. And sometimes I think, oh, look, there's somebody I probably haven't seen in a couple hundred years. Right, right. I don't know. Be sure to visit the YouTube channel. Subscribe. It's easy to find. Just search for my name, J.V. Johnson. The channel's actually called J.V. Johnson's Beyond Paranormal. But it's simple to find. Also find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, a lot of great places if you're interested in listening to the podcast version of the show. A lot of places you can find it. Plus, it's really convenient. You subscribe. It gets downloaded to your smart device, generally your phone, automatically. And you're on the road, you're commuting, you're doing whatever. It makes time go by much quicker. So thank you for doing that. Our guest tonight, Dr. Shelley Kerr, we're talking about past lives and other topics Shelly's website is pastlifelady.com. A lot of books to your credit, Shelly. We're talking about a couple, but just, you know, tick off. What do you have about, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 books? There's a whole bunch of them there that you've written. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got quite a few. I don't really know how many now, but I like to write books. And not only do you like to write books, but you write on a variety of topics, too. Um, you know, the ones we're talking about tonight are pretty specific to past lives in general. However, you've written about a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, I've written a lot about um, energy healing, gem and mineral healing, past lives, because I do all of these things in combination. So, Yeah, it makes sense. I think they kind of go hand in hand in a lot of cases. So let's talk about past life regression for people. When you are working with someone and helping them with a past life regression, what's the process that you go through? So the client will basically tell me you know, what it is that they would like to know about themselves. So many people just have curiosity. They just want to know who they were. They don't really have any specific thing they want to know. Um, And so in that case, we would just ask for whatever is for highest good. But, again, sometimes people have, you know, relationship. Well, let's say there's really three areas. It's just love, health, or money. Those are really the three biggies. Those are, the three, those are the three uh, subjects or topics that most people want to know about or need help with? Or need help with, okay. yes. Okay, okay. Yes, love and relationships, we're having problems, um, health challenges, and you can call it money or security or whatever you want to call the umbrella of feeling like I'm secure on this planet. And so, because again, normally... Like I said, some are curious, but normally people will not seek this out unless they actually have a specific challenge or some issue that they need to have answers to that perhaps, like me, they've looked around and around and around, and they're just not quite getting to the bottom of whatever it is that's that's causing the challenge. And so once we determine that, um, they go, well, the hypnotherapy process, I think people think falsely that they are going to be completely asleep, not remembering a thing about what they're doing. But this is really more like listening to a guided imagery CD where I guide people into relaxation. The brain waves are slowed down more into the alpha state, which is the learning state where you're still aware, but yet different pictures, thoughts, and feelings begin to bubble up, kind of like dream imagery. And then I coach people through 
navigating that because there's still a part of the person that's kind of awake and they're going, wait a minute, something just came up, but this feels silly. This feels like I'm making this up. And my answer to that is yes, that's wonderful. Let's just put that critic aside and just allow ourselves to just go with the whatever imagery or feeling is coming through. And then by asking people questions that, you know, let's face it, you're not being asked these kinds of questions normally. You know, like, okay, well, what year is this? Okay, great. Where Are you a man or a woman? You know, what's going on? Are you alone or with other people? Most people, when I first regress them into the past, for some reason, I would say at least 80% and maybe even higher, if I say, are you alone right now or with other people, when they first get there, they're alone. Hmm. And so I might ask them how they feel, but then I'm going to need them to go into some event in that experience where they are with other people because I would say 80 to 90% of the time, the reason why they need this regression is because of some challenge with other people because, you know, as we know, challenges with other people are one of the reasons why we're here to learn, JV. I mean, let's face it. So they'll go in there, we'll we'll see what the situation is, and then I'll I'll guide them through whatever, however many scenes from this life experience I feel is beneficial. And then I will often take them, okay, just, they're, they're taken initially through a relaxation process where they're surrounded by a protective light and a guide or an angel is going to accompany them. So it's in a very safe kind of a way. I'll ask them to go into that very last scene in the life that they're experiencing, notice how they pass into spirit, and then just I'll say, just go ahead and do that now. Float up over these events and gaze down at them because once they once they look they're in it and now they're looking over it they've totally changed the energy by just looking at events from a different perspective and from that different just um that new perspective we can now say okay great so what lessons did you learn how was how are these events why did you why of all the lives that you've potentially lived in the past why is this the one that's coming through now why is this important to the person who you are now in your current life. Because the only reason to do a past life regression is to make the current life more healing and more meaningful and to heal from past things, to let go. And or in some cases, like I mentioned before, maybe one of the things might be you need to experience something from the past to remind yourself that you have lots of gifts and talents and maybe you're stuck in your current life and you want to go in a new direction, but you're just not quite sure which way that you want to go. Sometimes these past life memories can help you decide, oh, wow, you know what, I, I did art in the Middle Ages. Maybe I should take up a paintbrush and try it again or, you know, just, just different things to try to help you become more aware of the, the true fullness that we are as souls that we're really not consciously aware of when we're in the three-dimensional reality that we're living in in our current lifetimes. You said something about uh, you encourage them. When they, when, when they first start the regression, they are alone, and then you encourage them to go to a place where there are other people, like an event or, or something along those lines. Does that imply that they have control over what they're doing in that past life at that time during the regression, or are they hovering over it and watching it and, and, and they move through maybe time to go to a point where their former self is with other people in an event 
Yeah, it's kind of like they're time traveling. So it's it's weird because like on those time travel movies when they co- go through the wormhole, they always do land out in some scene like where they're alone for a minute and then all of a sudden the crowd will start coming towards them. So for some reason it is very similar when we do a regression. It's almost like they're just because I really believe that all time is now and really all of these things are happening simultaneously. That's why when we heal something from that past, we can actually create cellular changes in the physical body in the current lifetime. That's kind of where the healing aspect comes into it. So when they go back through this wormhole, let's say, and they've landed, I mean, sometimes they do show up where other people are, but normally they don't. And so they can, I'll ask, depending on what they're describing right then, you know, if they say, well, I'm very old and I'm about to die, okay, great, well then can you rewind to to tell me about some people who you knew or to to take me to the the source event or the series of events that led you to this, you know, instance where you're about to pass away? Or if they say, well, I'm a young boy or I'm, you know, I'm a... I'm on my way somewhere. A lot of times they're traveling down a road and they're they're on their way somewhere. I said, okay, great. Go ahead and just allow yourself to just move through the scene. It would be just like fast-forwarding your DVR, you know, right. and land at the place where you're going and let me know when you get there. And they go, oh, well, I'm in a ballroom and everybody's dressed up and there's there's the king and, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is that they're telling me. Right. And then that's when I'll start having them try to identify, you know, why is this important? And one of the best ways to do that, of course, would be to see if, of course, there's someone there who feels like somebody they've known in their current life. Sometimes the answer is no, and that's fine. But there's always a reason, whether it's because they need to identify that other person or there's some story. It's kind of like there's, there's stories that they can tell that will help them archetypally, because we can get into this whole discussion about, like, okay, if they go to the Middle Ages, like, did they really live there, or is this more of an archetype? Right. And, um, you know, I'm not really, I say this in my books, too, and I, you know, I'm not going to sit there and fact check every little detail, because to me, this is a healing um, process. And so even if it's coming from the dream state or it's real or it's an archetype, there's still a story that the person can tell themselves. And when they identify that story and I say, how does that relate to this current life? They'll go, oh, my gosh, you know, that was my boss. And in this life, I'm just doing this and this and this. And he's doing that and that and that. And you know what? The same thing's happening here. And that's when they start to identify those patterns. And then we can say, well, do you think you're ready to let that go now? Okay, great. Does there need to be some healing and forgiveness done? There's a, does there need to be some higher understandings about the lessons <clears throat> excuse me, that you're learning there and things like that? And, and people will tell themselves. And the reason why I like this so much, J.B., is because we can go to intuitives and psychics, which, you know, is wonderful. I know, Lord knows I've done it plenty of times. But the, in this process, the reason why I feel like it's so transformational is because a person tells themselves they give the answers to themselves, and it's very, very empowering. And it gives immediate information and immediate, like, aha, oh, wow, okay, great. And I think that's why I have enjoyed it so much and why it's made huge shifts in people over the years. How much information are we able to get through this process? If I were to be helped by you and went into a past life regression session, 
How much information would I come back with? Um, it depends on, well, it depends on how open you are to it. Um, I would say quite a bit normally. It, just, it depends how quickly they can go, because we can go to many lifetimes, or sometimes it's just a lot of information in one lifetime. It's possible to get quite a bit of information and direction. One of the things that I'll do after the past life is that we'll travel into a space where we we meet with our guide. There's always an angel or a spirit guide or some figure who is comforting, who kind of has your back, who's like been with you for thousands of years, who goes with you, who helps you answer questions as to like, what is my sole purpose? Now that I've seen a few of these past lives, what is my purpose? And then I'll have people go out into the future where they're happy and healthy. They're putting all these things that they've learned about themselves today together. And then they're seeing how the pieces of the puzzle from their soul, from the past, the current life, can be invested into their current life future so that they can really have a full feeling of what it's like to really be on their path, living their purpose, and then I'll kind of coach them into, okay, so since you've already experienced this in this future memory, in this current lifetime, what were the steps you took? And they say, well, you know, I read the book, and then I had this session, and then I did this, and I met that person, and blah, 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 blah. And they can kind of see the things that they're going to need to do after they leave the session so that they can create this reality that they want for themselves. And then it really gets into the idea of, can I can I convince the person to believe in their journey and to believe that the imagery that came out of their subconscious mind through their higher self is valuable enough? And can they have the courage to take the first step and actually do the things that they advised themselves to do during the session? And if they do that, if they can just take that first step towards this, the future that they really want for themselves, they can really create miracles if you um could guess and maybe maybe there's no guessing uh, but if you would try to guess <laughs> how many past lives does an average person have um i've seen many people have a hundred they told me and then some people claim they only have five and i've had some people who you know they've come for a past life regression but they'll end up regressing back to childhood or to the teens to an important event and I'll try to get them to go back further, and they won't go back any further. So, on did, average, I don't know. I've, I hear a lot of people say around a hundred, though. So it sounds like a lot. It does but. sound. It does. Um, but um, do do past lives or do do our lives uh, basically uh, abut each other? In other words, if someone was to pass today, would they start a new life within a few days, or is it is it decades? Do we have a sense of that? Um, I did years ago. I wrote a book called that was called Beyond Reality about oh, <laughs> parallel universes, and in that book, some of the people reported having concurrent lifetimes to this one. So they were living in one place, they were living also in another concurrent lifetime that might have been, um, you know, maybe occurring. Like let's say they, let's say they're in the night the. 2020 now, but they have a concurrent life where they're living in, I don't know, 1999 or something like that. 
and then they might go to another life where they're they're living hundreds or thousands of years ago as well, and then they can report on the fact that these are all kind of concurring together. There there is some kind of overlap in that, and I think you know quantum physicists have started to understand that that the quantum world theory that there really could be universes sitting next to each other, unperceptible by nothing more than just mere decisions that we're making on a daily basis. You know, do I turn left or do I turn right? I don't know if it's as simple as do I have a cup of coffee this morning or a cup of tea, but um, different decision points that we make. So some of the exercises in that book I was talking about would be to regress people back to earlier events in the current lifetime where they had a critical decision to make and they, they didn't know which which choice to make. And so I would have them go back to that decision point and go go down the other timeline to see what would have happened if they'd made the other decision. And 100% of the time, they came out of that experience understanding that the choice that they actually made in real life was actually the best choice that they could have made. So it they left the session feeling reassured. Because there's always those times in our life where we always say, you know, what if I had done this instead of that? Or, you know, and sometimes that kind of haunts people, but they were able to come out of that feeling, you know, very um, good about themselves and good about the decisions that we're making. Because some people, well, I think it was Carolyn Mace's book, Sacred Contracts, she was talking about, like, what is your sole purpose, you know? And your sole purpose really is unfolding every single minute. Like, what is... At this moment, what is the best thing for me to be doing at this moment? Okay, great, let's do that, and then let's move on to the next thing and the next thing. And trying to be more in this present moment awareness, which sounds kind of paradoxical when we're talking about past lives, but going into those past experiences and bringing a higher understanding to it can help make the present reality uh, more solid and more meaningful as we're making these decisions and trying to live the best lives that we can and be, you know, as happy as we can in this physical reality, which is sometimes very challenging. Shelley, you've experienced this yourself, plus you've worked with many, many people and uh, and also studied it and written about this whole phenomenon. But for someone who is a little less aware of how all of this works, they might say to you, how do you know this is not just somebody fabricating a, something in their mind based on stories they've heard elsewhere? That's a really good question. Um, the first time I got introduced to the idea of past lives was when I was a kid. Uh, we lived in Colorado Springs, and my mother attended a luncheon that was hosted by the woman who was the subject of a book called The Search for Bridie Murphy, which was a huge past life regression book back in the 70s. And in the book, the woman talked about the fact that she had really bad allergies. The hypnotherapist took her back to childhood, and she was getting a little bit better. And eventually, he was just under the impression she just wasn't quite getting there. She goes, look, I want you to go back to the source of those allergies. So she actually regressed back into her life in ancient Ireland, where she started recounting these real vivid details of this little village that she lived in. And so later, you know, of course, debunkers came back and said, well, you know, she probably saw that on PBS or, you know, this isn't real. And she was just saying things that she heard on a television program when she was a kid. But the bottom line is, in her case, and 
what we see in a lot of these cases is that she recovered from her allergies. So in, you know, I think there's a certain aspect where it would be interesting to spend a lot of time actually going really deep and, and with the details and then going and doing research to see. And there are researchers and regressionists who do that. But for me, it, I, it, I don't really value that as much as the outcome for the client. I don't really want to judge. I can't say for sure. You know, many years ago, um, in my first book on past lives, I was talking about the fact that I regressed five Cleopatras in Dallas, Texas. I mean, how is that even possible? Right. It's obvious that that isn't re- a real reality, but there could have been some archetypal energy or some story that they could express through this ideology of Cleopatra that helps them come to some higher understanding of the current life that they're currently living. And so, to me... Um, it's perfectly okay if people don't think that it's an actual past life, but it's certainly something that is archetypal and that is very healing to the person who's receiving the message. And as long as it assists them in feeling better about things that have happened that maybe were not pleasant and moving forward through life in a more positive, uplifting way, then that's really, for me, the bottom line. We're talking with Dr. Shelley Kerr tonight. Her website is pastlifelady.com. Many books to her credit, including the ones we're talking about tonight, specifically Meet Your Karma, The Healing Powers of Past Life Memories, and Past Lives with Pets, Discover Your Timeless Connection to Your Beloved Companions. Shelley, one of the things that you say is that memories are stored holographically. What do you mean by that? Yeah, this is uh, a little bit far out, but in, well, many of your listeners know about the seven chakras, the seven colored energy centers within the body. So there's also a huge energy field surrounding the body. And what I have come to understand is that that, you know, thoughts are things and they are actually sitting in our energetic field. And so when I regress someone, and I'm on a Middle Ages roll tonight for some reason, okay, and I take it back (laughs) to the Middle Ages, you know, okay, fine, or wherever they're going, it's one, it's very healing, we know, to talk things through and to do talk therapy and talk about it. Okay, great, wonderful. But there's still a thought form, an energetic component that is connected to that memory from the Middle Ages. And so in order to have a full transformational epiphany, let's just say, that memory must be addressed on an energetic level. And so after I came out of that weird light tunnel experience when I had energy in my hands, Mm -hmm. it was like I kind of understood things that were really not in my current understanding or awareness. And it was made very clear to me that I could just kind of, I could hold my hands over people and kind of not, not even touching them, but just tune into their energy field and so when I do these regressions, I'm, I'm tuning into their energy field, moving the stuck energy that's related to the things that they're working through. And sometimes there's just a feeling of, you know, just things getting up and just popping off of people during these sessions when they're having a real, is it okay to let go of that now? Great, let's cut cords with that thing from the past that's no longer serving us or whatever. You can actually feel an energetic shift as the actual thought form relating to that 
memory that's been talked about is released, and it creates a lasting and permanent transformation. Your title of the book references the healing powers of past life memories. You've kind of touched on it a little bit already, but we, when we talk about healing, are we talking about emotional healing, some type of intellectual healing, or in fact, also physical healing? How, how powerful are these past life memories? It could be anything. It could be body, mind, or spirit. I mean, obviously, emotionally, yes. Um, there's a lot of emotions. I, th- I think emotions are very troubling for all of us on this planet. I, get, I don't think they did things like this on our other planets, JV, but, you know, it is what it is. We're dealing <laughs> with it. So a lot of people have a lot of emotional healing that goes on during a past life regression. But certainly there are definitely other cases um, where people have actual physical health crises and they want to come for a past life regression because maybe they have been to all the specialists. Maybe they have, they've tried everything. And so sometimes, you know, these things could have an origin in a past life. Um, and there can also be great spiritual understanding, higher understanding about, like we mentioned earlier, about like what is my higher purpose. I, th- I think when the body, when you know, there's a hierarchy here, which I know all of your listeners know about that, if I've got a health problem today, then I really can't really be getting into too much more about, you know, dealing with my emotional baggage or whatever. And so if the health is a concern, that's the first layer. If that's not a concern, then we start, you know, releasing emotions, forgiving others, letting go of anger or whatever, forgetting forgetting and forgiving, maybe not forgetting, but let's say forgiving past things that have happened. And then if we can get past those things, then there can be a more spiritual understanding that comes from these sessions. And so it just depends where where the client's at with it, you know, and what the purpose is for having the regression. And sometimes what I discover is that they'll, they'll write me along, I'll ask people, write me a letter before we start, because it helps the subconscious mind, and it just helps kind of bring stuff up to the surface a little bit more. And people will think, well, I just gave you 10 things, but they're not related. Well, they usually always are related on some level because all aspects of our beingness are interrelated. If you've got emotional things going on, eventually those are going to affect the physical body. We know that. And so um, I think it can be very, very powerful for any of these things, really, depending on what people are looking for. One of the things you talk about in the book is the quote-unquote relief method. What is the relief method? It's basically, it's an acronym of the things that I've been doing with clients for the past 20 years um, that I've described to you now, where we basically go in and um, take the client so that they're actually going to recognize the true source event of the thing that is troubling them. We're going to cut cords with it by eliminating, there's always an emotional charge to certain things. Um, so I have them imagine there's an energetic cord between them and let, what I like to call unwanted influences. So we cut the cords between them and that. We bring a healing light down to start to put light into the body, into the physical body, lightening cells, brightening the scene um, to help shift the perspective. 
and then just continuing to use different energetic methods to raise the frequencies around certain events. Sometimes if things are very, um, in, the, in the book Meet Your Karma, some of those case histories are much more, you know, about trauma and fear-based things. So sometimes, you know, things are just horrible. I mean, that's, it is what it is. But can we at least bring it to a place where maybe it's neutralized? I mean, maybe we're not jumping for joy and running down the street, you know, loving our everything, but maybe we can at least bring some neutrality to something that was energetically very negative before. And then the final step is what I mentioned earlier is to have people go out into the future where the things that were troubling them before the session are no longer part of their reality because they have fully integrated all of the energy and they've just completely um, shifted into a new frequency and a new uh, understanding of certain problems so that they no longer exist other than in the memory. Shelley, before we talk about pets, I did have another uh, question about uh, past lives in general. There is a movie, it's one of my favorite kind of schlocky movies from the 50s. It's called The Undead, and uh, it was directed by Roger Corman. This film uh, has a, uh, I don't know what, uh, a psychotherapist, I guess, uh, who who takes a, a subject, a woman, and helps her regress to her past life. And in that past life, she was accused of being a witch, and she is in prison for uh, that, and she was going to be executed in the morning. And somehow this regression helps her escape, and she's running around, and the movie comes to a climax where she has to make a decision because if she does not go through with being executed, she will lose all those future lives. If she does get executed as was originally intended, then um, her her future self that that the regressionist helped bring back to that point will then exist. Uh, I know that's a complicated story in a way, but is there anything to any of that? Can you actually affect your future if you're if you're uh, active in a past life regression? That sounds like a great movie. It's actually oh. not very good, but that's why I like it. It's one of those Yeah, it's right. One so of those good. It's one of those B movies from the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an interesting story. Yeah, the kind story. of like that paradoxical science fiction yeah yeah exactly thing that if your grandfather wasn't born then you wouldn't be here kind of thing yeah exactly if you mess up your past lives will you not be here in the future um i think that's very interesting i mean i mean clearly you have you have not had about before yeah and you haven't had a client where you've had a past life regression session with them and they did something and then all of a sudden they disappeared that didn't uh, that obviously has not happened so no it hasn't happened no um but it's things that i've thought about definitely when you're um kind of working on that level of shifting energies around timelines one of the things um that I'm going to be publishing another book about will be about the fact that you can travel into the past lives, or really, really not past lives, but the the lives of your ancestors and send them healing. So you're still acknowledging your own ancestors, so you're not getting rid of your grandfather by any means, but you're sending light and healing to the ancestral line, and that actually can create physical changes in the current self for the better, you know, in terms of healing, but I don't think it's going to actually spontaneously combust anyone and cause them to disappear. <laughs> but that sounds like a good fiction novel. 
Yeah, it really does. So tell me about pets. Do animals, including our pets, have past lives? Um, yes, they definitely do. Definitely. Um, is it the same type of experience that we have? I mean, is it almost identical? And or, or are they moving from species to species? In fact, can humans have a, a past life as a dog, for example? Yes. Um, I've got. Did you hear? You've heard of the new hit, "The Dog's Journey." I have not. I probably should, but I have not. Yeah, it's it's a hit right now. Um, is it a movie? It's, is it's a mo- it's a movie that's based on a book. Okay. It's fictional, but it's about this dog. The answer to your question is yes to all of those things. But the one of the big parts of this past life with pets book is the idea that the dog in the in the story, of course, passes away, but he keeps reincarnating back into the same family. And so it's a story about the family, and then as they age and pass away, but the dog's been back with them as several different pets. And so in my book, I've got real clients who, you know, will say, hey, you know, Fido over here was my dog that I had when I was in the third grade, and he's come back to help me, you know, and things like that. And I was hearing a lot of this, and I have a set of cats. I don't want to spoil too much of the surprise. This book's going to come out in May, but um, I have a set of cats that... I believed it had come back, and then I had a regression because there's processes in the book. I, I have trained some practitioners, so I had them take me through some of this. And, uh, yeah, I, I had known them. They were the same pets. And then there's other people who, let's say, their poodle was their same dog that they had. One lady said her poodle was the same one that she had in the French court. Um, there's definitely people in the book who believe that they were animals in past lives. So there's a lot of that. I, I'm going to tell you something that I'm probably going to regret having said, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I, um, I love it. <laughs> my, my mother passed away. It'll actually be three years on Friday, but um, I recently, my, my daughter actually recently got a puppy. My daughter lives with us still. She's 26 and she still lives at home, but she got this puppy and, um, in 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 the process of deciding what to name her, we decided to name her after my mom, Maggie. So this dog has every and I, I know it's sometimes difficult to compare human traits with a with the traits of a dog, but from personality standpoint, this dog has every one of my mother's person personality traits. Stubborn, you know, loves mid dinner time. Um, doesn't listen. I mean, all the, I, I, I swear I'm talking to my mother when I'm talking to this, this dog. I'm not suggesting that I think this dog is my mother's spirit reincarnated, but does the do, do things like that actually happen? I believe they do. And a lot of my clients believe they do. People I've heard from, yes. Well, and, and, you know, we obviously named the dog before the dog's personality traits exist, you know, before we knew them. Um, so it, it's kind of very, very appropriate. But if you're, if what you're saying is true then, and dogs uh, or pets, not just dogs, but pets uh, stay attached to a family in a way, and they revisit that family lifetime after lifetime, um, I believe that's something you also said with people. People stay in the same kind of groups lifetime after lifetime. Whether, you know, in many cases, family members would as well. So the animals themselves are part of this greater group that travels from lifetime to lifetime. Yes, 
because they're still part of your soul group. I mean, and about your mother's name, first of all, I'm sorry to hear, I'm sorry for your loss. Thank Secondarily, you. you know, there's a theory that we choose our names, you know, that all, and I would, see, I think of pets as people, you know, pets are people too, <laughs> that, you know, we choose our names for reasons at a soul level. So, I mean, you had named your puppy, I mean, you named your puppy maybe for sentimental reasons, but, right. you know, I think it's definitely possible. I think anything's possible. We don't really know exactly what's going on here. And I don't think we are going to know until we go into the next realm. But I, I've just heard so many stories from so many different people. I believe what you're saying is definitely possible. I find it interesting for sure. And as I, as I look at this dog's personality traits, I say, wow. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm, I'm looking at it from the perspective that couldn't be a more appropriate name, but I'm starting to see... Too many similarities to discount it. Let's um, let's talk about past life clearings. What does that mean, and why is it important? Yeah, um, going into these past lives, depending on again, like we've talked about, what the person is needing to heal and clear. When you clear up these things, what, one of the interesting things that um, one of my favorite parts of the book Meet Your Karma is a section on vows and soul contracts. You talked earlier in the show about like how much of my life that I'm currently living is being affected by things that I have done in the past. Right. And very often the people who come to see me have actually realized that certain things when they're not working out in their current life um, do have a past life connection and sometimes vows that we made hundreds or thousands of years ago can actually be causing us a lot of challenges in past lives. One being, let's say, what if I was a monk in a past life and now I've taken the vow of poverty, and in the current life maybe people have challenges, you know, financially. So they can go into the past life, see if that exists, clear that vow. Um, One of the case studies was somebody who had taken a vow of silence, and so he was not able to be getting promoted at work. And so you can go back into the past, figure out when these vows were made, and kind of like, you know, you, you negotiate an employment contract, just renegotiate your contract and say, okay, what lessons did I learn? Am I, can I be released from this contract now? Have I learned what I needed to learn? Okay, great, let's be done with it. And again, go out to the future where we can see ourselves freed up from these various contracts that we've apparently entered into. Or somebody will say, you know, I'll never love again, or, you know, they make some kind of vow or something, and then these vows and contracts are, you know, causing them a challenge. What is uh, the intention of the book? In other words, the better way to ask the question is when somebody buys the book, and, of course, we're talking uh, um, about um, Meet Your Karma, what do you hope they learn from it and walk away with? Um, A lot of these case studies in this one are... You know, some of the tougher issues that people are going through in life. So I really want them to walk away with hope and a lot of processes that people can use to help them bring more peace into their daily reality. There's breathing exercises. We talked about meditation earlier. There's there's suggestions on how to meditate and just very slowly go through different processes to to help to bring more peace and harmony into daily existence. Do you think there's uh, just way too little of that in our world today? We seem to have a lot of angst in in the world. 
You know, we were talking about Corona again, and, you know, it is what it is. Toilet papers, you know, we're going to be out, <laughs> I guess, picking leaves off of our trees here pretty yeah, right. soon, but we'll just deal with it. Um, but I think that amongst all of that, we do see people really coming back to each other and, you know, just amazing kindness in this world. And I think we just have to start focusing more on that and, you know, less on the other. So We've, we've talked all night about past life regressions, but based on some of what you were talking about with parallel dimensions and universes and all these uh, what would be coexisting existences, uh, is, there, is it possible to have a future life regression? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You can definitely go out into future lives. I haven't done as much of that work yet. <laughs> I would have to feel like I'm still grappling with what would be the purpose of it, I guess. I know the Buddhists really believe that we need to meditate here so that we can have a better future life. So certainly maybe maybe there's something to that I'd have to think about in the future. But it's not... Normally, I want to take people into the current life future. And in that case, you know, I had been asked years ago by Dr. Brian Weiss, well, how could you possibly do that? What if they see their death or something? But I have them go out to the happy place because I know that there's some happy memory, you know, that is yet to be experienced in that future. So that's the future I want them to see because I'm still kind of trying to get people in alignment with having a more peaceful current life as the final goal. But I'll let you know when I start doing future lives because that is an interesting thing. The um, you've shared and touched on some stories already that are included in in your work and your books, but um, as a, as we kind of wrap up here, can you share one of the stories that you would consider to be most inspiring? Yes, the one that really stands out for me is there, there was a woman who came to see me, and she was having a challenge with. Her child was getting bullied at school, and I know that's really very prevalent in the media. And she described the child's mother. She tried to talk to her. It just wasn't happening. They were practically catfighting at the PTA meeting. And so she went on this past life regression where she realized that in a past life um, she had persecuted this woman and her child, and then and the woman had done the same to her in a previous life. So the final analysis was she got in touch with her spirit guide and her higher self, and she was really getting that in real life. Because, see, I've talked a lot tonight about the fact that we can go in our mind and we can send light and healing to people, and sometimes their behavior in the real world will begin to change. But in this case, she really came out of the session saying, in the real world, not just in my mind, I just need to go up and just apologize to her. And she goes, I'm really guided that I need to do this. This is going to sound crazy because, obviously, she's not even going to know what I'm talking about. But she had an opening at an event that they were at where she just saw her standing there, and she just kind of walked up and said, hey, you know, I'm sorry, and just very casually. And the woman just turned around and practically started to cry and started just really spilling her guts out and telling her that she was going through a separation, and she was so sorry about the way her son had behaved, and she just didn't know how to handle it. And I think it just really speaks to the idea that 
when we see people behaving badly, which unfortunately um, they do from time to time, sometimes you have to get a few layers underneath that to figure out what's actually going on there. And particularly with bullying, I think I talk a little bit in the book, you know, I think everybody's probably had a bully. I had somebody who was threatening to beat me up when I was a kid. And after a while, you just stand your ground, and then we ended up becoming friends. It was kind of the same thing. There's something vulnerable underneath that puffed-up anger that they're presenting. And so sometimes when we can just send compassion when we can and try to just get past some of these challenges that we can really move to understanding by just realizing that I still believe in humanity and I believe that most people are doing the best that they can most of the time. And sometimes that just doesn't translate very well in the real world. And I think we just have to continue to do our best to show compassion to others. So... So you you have a lot of books. We've talked about a couple specifically tonight, including Meet Your Karma, The Healing Powers of Past Life Memories, and also Past Lives with Pets. Now, Meet Your Karma is currently available, right? And Past right. Lives with Pets is due out soon. Yes, it's coming in May. Yay! <laughs> it's exciting. Where can people get a hold of your books? Um, if they go to pastlifelady.com, there's a book link there. It'll take them over to Amazon, and I've got book links on the front of the page, too, for other options, Barnes & Noble and... IndieBound and other fine book sources. And if people wanted to get a hold of you to either learn more about what you do or maybe even contact you for some help? Yeah, they can go to pastlifelady.com. There's an events and contact page. Um, I've got Instagram at Shelly Care, if they can spell my last name. <laughs> I will spell it for uh, them. Past it's Life Lady channel on YouTube. Yeah, the sp- Shelly spells her last name K. A E H R. Did I get that right? Yes. All right. You did it, Jamie. <laughs> well, All right. Shelly, thank you so much for being here tonight. It was a fascinating conversation, very informative, very interesting, and looking forward to have you back on the show again. JV, I have enjoyed it so much. Thank you so much, and keep doing the great work. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by JV Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.